This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, and it's brought to you by Anything Is Possible, AIP.media. And we're coming to you from the Globe Pub in Brentford. We're actually doing a live podcast from the pub. If you didn't know, we got lots of new listeners to us. And if you didn't know, we used to do a podcast from the pub every single week, like literally every week. We used to go on rotation around London, and then lockdown smashed that to pieces. But we're trying to get back in the vibe, and it's getting to a Christmas vibe here, and we're sitting here in the pub in Brentford, and we're coming to you after the Manchester United game. Oh, hold a second, I've got that wrong. Actually, no, we didn't have a game on Tuesday night. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, Manchester United literally couldn't be bothered to turn up for the game. Actually, that's not fair and that's not true because COVID is a very serious situation and uh, there was COVID running through their camp and they uh, were unable to fulfil the fixture. So, unfortunately, the game was called off on uh, Tuesday night. And, and we're going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about that with my chums who are sitting here around the table with a pint in their hand smiling because we're so happy to be here in the globe in the boozer doing the podcast i've got laney in the house laney how are you yeah i'm good i'm glad we we fulfilled the fixture haven't we tonight we've turned out for our christmas bash yeah that's true i mean we did to be fair we did have a few dropouts you know due to due, well, due to covid we did you know we did have a few dropouts so it is it is affecting everybody in the footballing circle isn't it yeah, yeah, and it's, it's concerning. Though. It's, it, it looks like it might get worse before it gets better. I mean, that's blatantly obvious. But you know, fo- football seems to be on the edge of kind of big decisions again. You know, it seems a, a little bit all too familiar. You know, heading into the uh, you know that Fulham game, the, the Sheffield Wednesday game, we won five 0 We said, oh, this could be the last game for a while, and, and it and it something seems familiar again. Whether it gets to that, who knows. Who knows? Worrying, familiar, all the phrases that we use at the moment now. We've got GP as well here in the house. GP, how are you? Train problems tonight as well. As well, It's like, it's, it's like, it's like we've been to the real world, haven't we? Like, you know, tracks on the, you know, leaves on the tracks. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's too cold, frosty. Like, you know, and uh, yeah, train problems getting down here tonight as well, isn't it? To be honest, train weren't too bad. It's more like, you know, the old day job working in the alcohol industry. This is a fairly busy time of the year for us. So, 
Um, a little bit of overtime had to be done, but I've managed to escape and avoid the problems on the Piccadilly line and make it make my way down it. All good. So listen, we're going to crack on um, because, like I said to you, we've got well, we've got say lots to talk about. We've got a bit to talk about because, like I said to you, we had a match or we did not actually have a match on Tuesday night because Manchester United did not come down to New Griffin Park so we did not see Ronaldo doing his business or not doing the business you know didn't see good having him in his pocket on a Tuesday night but what we will talk about is we'll talk about the fact that the game was actually called off actually on Monday and I think the time was about just about 10 minutes to midnight or something like that it was a ridiculously late call off might have been 10 minutes to 11 on a, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a Monday night. You know, all the signals were there that the game was going to be called off, but we actually recorded our, um, well, weekend, weekend review. Well, it wasn't even the weekend review. It's actually the Man United podcast. We recorded that uh, on the day, uh, on the Sunday even. We put it on hold because we thought the game might be off because we didn't want to waste the podcast. But as it was, by the time 6 or 7 o'clock, because the game hasn't called off, we thought, tell you, some of this game has got to be on. So we put it live. And they called it off near to midnight. And it was a bit gutting, actually, because, I mean, if you listen to it, it's actually a really good podcast. It's got some really good stuff on it. We talk about the Watford game. We talk about the Man United game. We've even got Andy Mitten from United. We stand, who's a massive Man United fanzine. He goes since 1989, really respected. Doesn't do many podcasts at all, but he chose to do the Besotted podcast. And he did a, a really good, you know chat about Man United from a, a real fans perspective as opposed to a social media fans perspective so definitely worth checking it out but it's a bit of a shame that you know like I said to you a bit of a waste as such but not anyway but no Man United game but we were all a bit miffed about that weren't we Laney? A little bit yeah I mean it, it seems something inevitable about that um, it, it, it was clear that United didn't want to play the fixture and I'm not saying they manipulated the, the COVID uh, results or anything, but they obviously copied the uh, precedent that Spurs had set the week before, shut the training grounds. Um, and once you've done that, really, I think you force the, the Premier League's hand. You know, it, it's quite obviously it's serious. And um, if you can't, pra- if you can't, if you're not safe to practice, you can't really play a game. So it, it seemed that they they had followed something that tried and tested, and it worked. Uh, I, I think they could have played that game, you know. I don't. And why do you say that? Well, they've got a big enough squad, haven't they? They've, they've, they've got a big enough squad, and they've got a quality in-depth squad. You know, equally, you can see why they wouldn't want to play it. Um, but we, we we seem to have done the right thing. Uh, you know, Ivan Tony and, and Ethan Pinnock were, were missing from the Watford match. They're, they're arguably two of our best players, if, if not even not arguably two of our best players. They are our best players. And we, we battered on without them. And, um, you know, I'm sure we shut our training grounds in the build-up to the Watford game. I'm sure if we wanted that game called off, we, we could have done that. But we, we, we just we just fulfilled our fixture. We seemed to just get on with getting on. So, you know, whether, you know, we... we, we we benefited from that decision. It was a gamble, you know. We could have we could have been missing Ethan Pinnock, Ivan Tony. We could have got battered by Watford, who may have made the most of our one of our best defenders being being missing as well as Aya. So, you know, it, it worked in our favour that the, we got three points. But you know, sh- should we have actually just done the right thing, or oh, sorry, the the shrewder thing, and just just got the game off? I mean, and the thing is, I'm going to say GP as well. I mean, there's an argument to say that, you know, I mean, Brentford, they seem to be wanting to put the game on from what I can see, talking to the people that I've spoken to, that they all wanted the game on. 
even though obviously you know like I said you pin it you know it sounds like he probably won't be playing as well Ivan Tony maybe or maybe not be playing as well but there's also rumour that you know we have actually had to make the debut of an 18 year old goalkeeper Cox as well because there's a rumour also that Fernandez, our goalkeeper who's our second string goalkeeper was going to be out as well so you know in a strange way the fact that Brentford wanted to actually still put the game on and put a 18 year old goalkeeper in allegedly the, that, that says something doesn't it yeah, no, it definitely does say something. It shows how, um, obviously, the winning the last two home games, it shows the confidence that we've got in the team. And even when we do, you know, we've lost to Silver this season. We like we've gone through. We've lost quite a few players in the last couple of months, and we've just we've just soldiered on. I think we there are a lot of the fans that I talk to are very confident of beating Man United, even if they did have a strong team out. I, I mean. The question that has gone around with all the fans, because again, it's not a case of, listen, we know COVID is absolutely, it's just destroying our lives at the moment now. And because at the end of the day, the most thing and the most important thing is to ensure that people remain um, safe. So listen, we're not denying that at all. I think where people are getting slightly frustrated is about the, uh, what are the parameters? What are the rules? We don't know. You know, we had a situation where, you know, Arsenal obviously had a few players out of COVID at the beginning of the season. And the game was on, and they played against us, and, you know, and we managed to beat them. You know what I'm saying? Then we had a situation the other day where I don't know where else it was. It was Burnley. You know, Burnley today, their game against Watford has been called off, like you know. So that's happened. Man United, you know, they managed to call their game off, but then after I've heard Arsenal saying recently they had other players off, and and it, and it wasn't called off, like you know. And then we got Leicester and uh, and Leicester, that's right, who are trying to get their game called off as well. And uh, because they've got a number of uh, COVID cases and injuries as well. And then uh, their argument is saying because of the, the, the injuries they've got, they've had to put extra players in and, you know, the COVID cases have gotten to put players in which have got them injuries. But their argument is they're saying that but they have been called off. And we don't actually know what the, where the line is, where the, you know, as to what you need to do to get players called off. Is it four players? Is it two players? Is it six players? Is it eight players? I mean, no one has an idea, have they? No, no, no one, no one has an idea. That's after games have been called off. It, it should be, it should be really clear now, and it, and it really isn't. And you know, you know, Leeds United were trying to get the game called off after an hour last night <laughs> as well. Let's not forget about that. No, that's that's true, actually. Yeah, they, 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 apparently they had cases that sort of kind of happened during the game, just at half time, like you know what I'm saying. But the referee was that. To be fair to the referee, he was not having any of that at all. Pointed you know, to the centre circle. That, that's right. That's right. The centre circle was pointed to at least what seven, eight, nine times, even wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. So if you don't know, again, uh, there's, you know, so, yeah, seven, seven nil to Manchester City. Uh, Last night against Leeds, but we will not talk about that because this is not a Leeds podcast, and we've been talking about Leeds far too much in the last few weeks. Anyway, we should move on. But um, like I said to you, it's and, and that that is the question. I mean, and 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 and, and GP, uh, I think the question is there was a lot of there's a lot of on especially on social media where you know, and it, this was from really level-headed people. The first, there's two things that they said. First of all, them calling the game off so late in the day which is, again, what they've done today, apparently, with the Burnley game, where it's called off two hours before the kickoff. We've had fans tweeting them going up to the game from, you know, up from Watford and wherever like that, if this is the case. But, you know, apparently this is the case. And the same thing with us. It was called off quite late in the day. OK, not as late as that, but, you know, at midnight on the, the day before the game. And the question is that, I'm not being funny, if COVID was the case, 
shouldn't they or couldn't they have called it off earlier? Couldn't they have called it off, you know, a day earlier or half a day earlier or something like that as well? And the other question that people are asking is that, you know, do Man United have a bit of sway as opposed to other teams as to getting that game called off? Because everyone was saying as soon as it's Man United, they're going to get the game called off. Well, it does feel like, I don't know, because the thing is I heard fairly early on um, Monday that United had, and again, I don't know if it's rumours, but I'd heard that they were they'd approached to get the um, game called off. Now I'm not sure what why it would take so long because this was several hours. It was only when I woke up the next morning on Tuesday morning I heard it had been called off. Now they might well you say it might have been a Man United fans travelling or they put time off work who would have had absolutely no time to react to that. But it goes back to the point that you guys are making. You know nobody really knows what the parameters are because it, you know if you've got five players down five players down send across the things Bosch game called off I'm not sure why it took so long uh, because it took several hours for them to actually call that game off the other thing is things can change somebody I work with um, we had somebody go down with Covid so we all took a test we all passed it and then actually got home at night took another test and failed it so, like, you know, in between, like, about 4pm, she tested clear. Five, five past midnight, we got a message saying, just take another test and I'm positive. So, it, things can change very quickly with this. So, it, it can be hard, and, but you just don't know. You don't know, you don't know. I'll tell you something, there's a, there's a few things that's also uh, come up from this as well. Obviously, um, Brentford fans, if they cannot make particular matches, we use the ticket exchange. The ticket exchange means that you put your ticket out and uh, other people have the opportunity to buy your ticket if you're unable to make the game and then you get a refund on your season ticket the following season. Okay, that's how it works. But now the question has arisen, what happens if a game gets cancelled and you put it on the ticket exchange and then all of a sudden, two or three months later, the game is replayed or rescheduled and you're able to make the game, but you've actually got rid of your ticket on the ticket exchange. And that's a question that's gone out there as well. And also, besides, to be fair, we've actually spoken to the club to find out what's going on because this is a big issue, massive issue, because the thing about it is that if you're thinking you're going to give your ticket away on the ticket exchange and the chances are that if the game that you really want to go to, if the game is ever postponed, you're not going to be able to go to it, you ain't going to start using that ticket exchange. You're going to start just kind of swapping it with people and making deals with them saying, listen, I'm going to give you this ticket, but if the game's rearranged, I want that ticket back. So that's, that's what's going to start happening. But it looks like that is in hand. But that is an issue, isn't it? Well, I don't know how the things, how do you imagine? I know it happened to, it wasn't this season, but before um, a friend of mine where he, he, had, um, he wasn't available for a game, put his ticket on the exchange, it was bought. The game was rearranged when he was available and they said, sorry, you can't have your ticket back. So he won't use exchange again as a result. You know, you know it, is, it is one of these. And again, how do you turn around? The club can't turn around to people and say, well, you bought this ticket on exchange. Sorry, can we have it back? It's not an easy one for them to manage. It should be fairly straightforward. The T's and C's need to be amended. And it's the, the ticket exchange is for the day only. It's not for the game. And if, if, if for whatever reason you exchange a ticket and the date is postponed or cancelled or whatever, the ticket just reverts back to the t- season ticket holder. It, it shouldn't be difficult. So whoever, whoever, whoever is buying on the exchange, they're just buying it for that one night only, that slot. 
And if, 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 if it's cancelled then and it moves to March, then the original season ticket holder has the ticket for March again. So it, it should be it should be fairly it should be fairly simple. I, I, I'd say um, it's only a T's and C's thing, and it's a software it's a it's a program, and it, it, the, the ticket just defaults back to the original original season ticket holder. Yeah, okay. So, so look, I mean, games off. Bit of a gutter. Um, what I'll, what I'll first of all, actually, talk about the game itself. Like, talk about the game itself. I mean, we all wanted to play, but just quickly, for me, the game is off and it's a gutter because I've prepared myself for it. But me, probably trying to turn a you know, glass half full, I'm also sort of saying, Tilly P, quite honest with you, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm all right, you know, meeting them when we've got injured players back. We might have, by the time the game is back, Aya might be back, you know, we've got Ivan Tony's going to be fully fit. You know, we've got, you know, a few other players who have been out who might be back for that game. So it might actually suit us, even though, you know, this would have been nice to play them when they were down. Yeah, it's an opportunity to have played Man United when they could have been weakened. But let's be purists for the night, eh? Let's, let, let's, let's go this way. Surely, as it is now, we haven't got any choice in the matter. But maybe we can all look forward to the best possible Man United team taking on the best possible Brentford team I still reckon we'll give them a good go to Bill to be honest with him so yeah maybe let's let's get the best possible 22 players out there and then go to toe to toe go toe to toe with them then and just looking at the dates as well because I'm trying to we're trying to work out exactly when the next game will be and, and, and this through our calculations we think that the date might either be round about the 5th of January which is just after the Aston Villa game even though that's only going to be a couple of days after the or three days after the Aston Villa game so it could be the 5th of January um, if not the 5th of January thought it might have been round about the sort of the 18th and the 5th of January is a Wednesday by the way or it might be maybe the 18th or 19th of January which is a Tuesday or Wednesday 18th or 19th but I think that probably not the reason why that's FA Cup replay day just in case we've got an FA Cup replay. They'd rather keep that fleet free, because if not, they would have to move the date again. Then after that, the next free date probably will be round about the 8th and 9th of February, which is just after, just before the, um, just before the uh, Crystal Palace game. Uh, no, 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 the Man City game, so it's not going to be that weekend as well. So it's going to be probably, because there's also an international break. There's a break. The 29th of, uh, Saturday the 29th of January, there's a break. So there's no football that week. So that whole week there's going to be no football. And then we come back in on the 5th. It's FA Cup fourth round day. So it might be the 15th and the 16th. So Tuesday the 15th, Wednesday the 16th might be the day that we're going to play Man United if it's not going to be the 5th. Of, uh, of January so like I said to you put those date in your diary okay it's not 100% sure but I think that's where it's going to be because they've got to play it basically the next available date possible listen I mean we're, we're sitting down here and we're thinking this is quite frustrating about not playing games and you know going to see your game and everything like that but I'm just saying to you like this has happened to us loads of times it happens at home games it happens at away games and it is quite frustrating I just want to know listen, what is the most frustrating game that you went to that didn't actually happen in the end Oh, for me, it's definitely got to be in um, 2005 under Martin Allen, where we, towards the end of the season, we were playing Wrexham away. And, uh, we were at the top of the league, we were doing really well, weren't we? Yeah, because it was one of those we weren't really expecting, because obviously we are coming for a season where we just survived. Um, but and Martin Allen had gotten, got us going, and you know we were like top half of the table, heading towards the playoffs. So we all got ourselves up for this away game at Wrexham, uh, I think it's this, 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 I'm pretty sure this is almost like the, what, the last away game of the season, I believe. Sure and, and I think we needed to get 
that to get into the playoffs or, or we, need, we needed to get points there. It was a big game. Yeah, I think it was in April. So it was towards the end of the season. But I say, yeah, you know, I had to work, so ended up jumping on the coach, tra- travelling down. Then all of a sudden, somebody's said, oh, the game's off. We're like, yeah, 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 sure it is. No, 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 the game's off. And then all of a sudden, the coach driver in Oswestry Street gets to the roundabout, just turns around the roundabout and says, head back to London. And we couldn't believe we're taking half a day off work to sit in on there. We got so close, we didn't even get out. And it's not like you've been on the train and you had a, you know, you were your mate today, just stuck on a coach, a dry coach, you haven't had a drink or anything. It's headed straight back to London. I remember that as well because I went up, I'm pretty sure I went up with Laney, it was Slats. It was Cleve, Cleve the gardener as well, and I think myself as well. We went up there, and we were already in Wrexham, driven up there. And I remember we sat there, and we were waiting for the coaches to come, and we saw the coach come up to the roundabout, just do a U-turn and go back again. And because in them days, we're thinking, what, what the hell's gone on? Where, where are they going? Like, you know? We, the replay, yeah. yeah, that's right. And then the, and I think a week later, we had to go back for the yeah. rearranged game as well. We so it was like seven days. Well. I had to drive up on a Tuesday night to go all the way to Wrexham. Laney, what is your game that you went to that just did never exist? It was uh, Bristol Rovers, Brentford, FA Cup, um, whether it was a replay or it, it kept getting cancelled, kept getting postponed. And I remember driving up there with the Dutch, mid-80s this was, and because there was, no, there was just no information, there was, there was no internet, obviously, there was no text messages, you couldn't find out. You set off in hope, and then like, maybe you'd be lucky if you could get radio information, but we, di- we didn't find out until we got to the ground. And we thought, oh, this is a bit quiet. And uh, there was just a few people milling around. And you think, oh, maybe people just haven't turned out. So we had to go up and we walked up to like the turnstiles and we said, oh, you know, what's that? is the game on? It was like, no, no, no. It was called off about half an hour ago. So, you know, it wasn't as if it was like uh, other end of the country, but still it just shows how life's changed, how information is just like immediate now there's no way on god's earth you could actually get to the turnstiles to actually have to ask a turnstile operator whether a game was on or not and and, and and it was times sometimes you you know people would get to the get to the ground and the and the word postponed would be put up <laughs> over the fix over the fixture on the hoardings so you know that's that's happened and back in the 60s or whatever that would have been fairly frequent i'm sure some of our older listeners here, our longer-suffering longer Brentford supporters, have, they're probably going, oh, what about, what about, at the moment? So if, um, if you can think of anything, drop a, contact us and we can have a... I don't think this will be the last postponed game of the season. We can have a top ten by, by probably February. That's right. And if you want to contact us, go to besotted.com and there's a little... There's a little form on there, and you can actually just write your email on there. Just you'll contact us from there. Like, yeah, the spreadsheet. We've got no spreadsheet winker this week due to Man United cancelling the game. But you know, but you can go on there, and you can have all sorts of spreadsheet winker action. Did the pools panel sit last night? Uh, no, 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 no. That's right. That's right. Seven. It wasn't seven. Yeah. Uh, dear. Lucky what? Lucky how much? Lucky seven. Ah, oh, there. Okay, there you go. But anyway, listen. I, I actually don't remember. I, I, I'm sure I was there, but I really don't remember that Bristol um, Rovers game at all. Oh, loyal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to take any. I'm not going to take the piss of seven nils any longer because we got to play them yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, anyway, but anyway, for my game, I mean, we've talked about the Accrington Stanley game many times that we kind of missed out on. I've talked about my hitchhiking up to Bristol, Bristol City in the rain as well, like many times when that game was called off as well. Uh, the game I'm going to come hop back to is the Birmingham. 
Birmingham City game. And this game was in the early, I think it's the early, early 90s. Again, it was around about 90, 91, 90, probably 91, 91, 91. It must have been about 91 before we went up. Played Birmingham City and we went up there and I did one of my official, unofficial coaches as well, uh, you know. And I've, I've looked back on the photographs of that, you know, we've got Joe on there, you know, we've got Paul Cassell on there, who, you know, as well. So it must have been around 90, 91 on there. All the characters, you know, all the characters who used to go in the, in the Royal Oak as well, you know, Sangster, yeah, yeah, that's right, Sangster and all that lot, you know, so... Uh, and uh, John Marion and them lot. So yeah, there's loads of us went on this coach. It was like a, there was a mad, mad coach. Really, really. I, I, actually, even Andy Evans, who's now the head of community, the director of community at QPR, even he was on his coat on the coach, like you know what I'm saying, which is hilarious, like you know, with his old acid house gear on, everything like that. Bawley, the Bawley brothers. Anyway, we arranged a meet as you do in those days. We had a arranged a meet in the middle of the country, in the middle of. Um, it was uh, somewhere, somewhere near where Jim Levatt lives now as well, actually, uh, you know, which is, uh, where does he live up there? He lives up in, yeah, in the middle, Leamington Spa. So we basically arranged a meeting in a tiny little village, Leamington Spa, a 15th century pub inside there. So we've turned up there, we've made a meet with the West Brom fans who I knew. So the West Brom fans came in, we came in, you know, total away from everyone. Really nervous the, the part when we turned up with the coaches because I'd already done pre-booked it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, hello, this is a you know, kitsch party from here, you know, croquet party. So we've turned up, really scared, but within half an hour, piano was being played, flowers in the in the hair and everything like that, you know, post-acid has. We had a right good laugh inside this pub, had a good sing-song and everything like that with the West Brom lads and us lot. And then we were inside the pub and all of a sudden they went, oh no, Bill, the Brentford game's been cancelled at Birmingham and we were gutted because obviously Birmingham massive rivals at the time so they went to us but you could come to West Brom with us they love you down there so of course our coach goes and follows them all the way up to West Brom turned up in West Brom got there a bit late so it's about 10 past three we've come off as Brentford fans expecting to be loved you know what I'm saying because you know because we've come out there we've walked out the coach the police have gone who are you we're like we're Brentford yeah look at us yeah we're having such good fun and the police go Get back on your coach. You're not welcome here. Like, you know what I'm saying? So we had all sorts of grief and hassle that day. I'm not going to go into it too much, but all I can say is that we were West Brom were in the in the in the, in the first division. Then we were in the third division. I think it was at the time, and we we really weren't expecting that kind of um, reception from the police at that time. And basically, what it was is just like if you're not from here, you're not welcome, and you're not coming in. So uh, we we didn't have a great afternoon in Birmingham at that time, but that was a uh, that was it. The game got rained off. I can't remember. We would have gone. I'm sure we'd have gone back to the, 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 the game. Probably, probably, probably lost anyway. But anyway, listen. We're in the pub, and we're gonna we're gonna make the most of the fact that we can go to the bar, we can get a drink, and then we can come back, and then we're gonna talk a little bit more football. So Friday night, Watford at New Griffin Park. We've already talked about it in the weekend review check that out pride of west london we also talked about it in the manchester united podcast which the game didn't happen but we did a good chat about it pride of west london check them both out because they really are worth checking out both those podcasts as well for people who just didn't check those out you can listen to what the fans had to say very briefly after the game at watford because it'll give you a real vibe as to how we were feeling after that game this is what the fans had to say Hey, what a penalty. Respect to the guy. Pressure. Never in doubt. Tucked away. What a, what a win. What a win. 
and deserved, I think, although we left it really late. I thought we had a better team all the game. Um, but didn't really expect, thought we might get a draw 2-1. What a result. We, we escaped with a win. Keyword there, escaped. Escaped with a win. Okay. First half, not, not, not good. Second half, much better performance. Thomas not afraid to mix it. So joyful to be here. Sets us up for the weekend. What a what what is better than three points on a Friday night? We we had a real go at them the last 20 minutes, last 30 minutes, and the goals were coming. A fair play to players like Janelt. Janelt's playing left centre half, and he kept pushing. The Norgard started pushing, and they did not like the pressure. And the ultimate result was the bees got a beautiful three points. To do it in the last minute was uh, was gorgeous. And when you look at the game overall, uh, we didn't give him many chances. I know we didn't look great in the first half, but we really kept them down to very few chances. And, uh, and you know, we, we took out, we really built, you know, middle of the second half, we started building and building, and they couldn't cope with us. And, uh, yeah, we came out winners, and goodbye, Watford Bankers. Janelle. Yeah. Janelle, I thought, was outstanding. And Waymo, I have to say, I was worried when he stood up to take the penalty. I thought, my God. Pontus' goal. Uh, what a match for Pontus to score his maiden goal. And uh, he must have been gutted when Peter Gillam announced that it was Charlie Good who'd scored. What a turnaround. What a Friday night. Oh, we love the Friday nights under the lights, don't we, down here? Arsenal, now Watford. I mean, it was a shame we went one goal down because, you know, I thought we were actually playing quite well up till then and I thought we were actually going to rip them uh, to pieces. But they scored their early goal, early-ish goal. Bit of a disappointing one. Another set-piece, another cross that we haven't defended. There's been a few of those recently, but anyway... First half, with a better team. Second half, you absolutely battered us. Um, to be fair, you know, second half, you were better than us. And once you got one goal, there was only one winner. So we got to learn from that. You're on 20 points where we'd love to be. So halfway through the season, you're where you need to be. Fair play to you. Hopefully we both stay up. We go 1-0 up. We're not playing very well. We should hold our position, do our job, get the job done. And we didn't do the job. Defended poorly. Once you scored the goal, there was only one winner and we just capitulated in the last few minutes. Need to learn. We're going to go down if we play like that, to be honest. It's the best season to just be a Brentford fan because we're giving 100%. Even if we lose games, we're going home saying we at least gave, gave it everything. And that's all you want as a fan, isn't it, at the end of the day? So that's the fans after the Watford game. Listen, we've discussed this all. Like I said to you, you can check it on those two podcasts as well. Tell you what we do there as well, because we did not have a game against Man United we used that Will the spreadsheet winker who told us everything we needed to know statistically about that Watford game and Will he's run out of juice man he, 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 he's got no juice for this podcast because he's used it all up for that match but I just thought tell you something it's really worthwhile knowing how Will the spreadsheet winker saw that Watford game so check out what Will the spreadsheet winker had to say about Watford Spreadsheet So, what do we need to know about the Watford game then? This was a really excellent performance from the Bees, in my opinion, despite needing until the last 10 minutes to score. We kept it incredibly tight at the back throughout the match, only conceding one chance above 15% all game. However, Affording a 15% chance from a corner which ended up being a goal again was frustrating. Although it was a difficult chance to score by XG, Premier League strikers who are unmarked are skilled enough to make those ones count more often than we can afford to be scored against. So it's still really frustrating. From an offensive perspective, we have plenty of smallish chances in the Watford box before Janssen's goal 
A 48% chance for a header, meaning it was as much of a sitter as a header can actually be. That's his first goal from 2.29 XG this year. Nearly three times the amount of XG that Johan Wisser has managed for his two goals. So it really was about time he scored. And Brian and Burmo's penalty was his third goal this season from just over 5 XG, meaning he's still got a few more goals before breaking even with the chances that he's had. We have a game on on Saturday because I know what's happening is that the football... Well, I say the FA, I think the Premier League are desperately trying to pull everything together on Saturday and get the game on. Because at the moment now, there's obviously COVID issues, COVID problems. So we need to get the game on on Saturday and that's what we're looking at. Now, we're assuming that we've got a game on on Saturday because this podcast is going to be up and we're going to be talking about the game on Saturday. Southampton, we haven't played Southampton since we played them back in the third tier when they were there, like, you know, we had all sorts of characters, like, you know, who were playing for Southampton at the time. And we're thinking, hmm, they're quite a good team. But two years later, these players were playing for England as well. Like, you know, so uh, players like Adam Lallana and players like that as well. We don't know that much about Southampton, really, because they've been out of our circle. So we're going to go over to John Bon Jaley, as they call him, John Bailey, from the Saints FC podcast. He's going to tell us everything he knows about Southampton. Hi, Billy. This is uh, John here from the Saints FC podcast. Um, Long-suffering Saints fan. Uh, Was Saints fan basically because my granny made me. Her father played for Saints. Um, well over a hundred years ago, but when I got into football as a kid, I was told under no uncertain terms that it was Saints that I should support. Um, so I've been supporting Saints for many, many years and have been doing the Saints FC podcast for about five years now. Um, we've been following the club through some pretty interesting times. I mean, to be honest, actually, the last five seasons probably haven't been our best started recording the podcast uh, after you know the good times that we'd had um, with Maurizio Pochettino and, and Ronald Koeman looking after us and um, you know whilst I used to go and watch the Saints very regularly through the uh, rise from League One to the Championship and back to the Premier League I wasn't doing the podcast back then so, so I missed out on all the enjoyable stuff and then I've just talked for five years about all the things which haven't gone particularly well um, I suppose Saints and Brentford's quite an interesting game coming up. We've both had, I suppose, similar journeys. I mean, Saints have been in the Premier League for a long time before. They were in the Premier League for 27 years before they got relegated. But uh, like you guys, we've come up from League One to the Premier League on on this occasion. Um, And, you know, it was an interesting time. We went bus. We went into administration. We looked like the club wasn't going to continue for a bit. Then we had a multi-billionaire bias. He then died you know, within about a, a year of purchasing us, but the team that he put in place uh, you know, managed to, to get us all the way back up to the Premier League. So, I mean, that was, uh, that, was, that was great. And it's been good to see Brentford sort of forging their own path from League One up to the Premier League as well. I'm really excited to have you guys in the Premier League and be playing you up in the Premier League again. I think the last time we met was in League One, um, and I think it may have been perhaps our penultimate uh, away game of the season where we beat you guys 3-0, Adam Lallana scored. And uh, we then went on to Plymouth, won there. 
and then secured promotion uh, to the championship the next day and then the following season secured pr promotion back up to the Premier League so it's been a little while since we met in the in the Premier League or in the top in the league I suppose because we've never met in the Premier League before um, the, the way Southampton did it I think was you know through some really good recruitment when we were in League One we were one of the biggest sides there um, we bought Ricky Lambert for a million pounds. It was just an incredible signing. And then we had some really great players coming through from uh, the academy, uh, like Adam Milana, who I mentioned before, Morgan Schneiderlin as well. Uh, we bought Jay Rodriguez, you know, when we got up to the Premier League. And uh, there were loads of, loads of great players in that team. I mean, we even had Mikel Antonio, who's West Ham's top scorer, as our right back uh, for a time on our, our journey back up. So really interesting time. And then, you know, when we got to the Premier League, uh, we had Nigel Atkins as our manager who'd had back-to-back -back promotions and we were all really shocked when he was sacked. Uh, but they brought in Maurizio Pochettino and, and they took Saints to the next level, which was, which was fantastic. But we're very much, I think, a team now more in the lower reaches of the league. We're not reaching the heights that we did under Pochettino or um, Ronald Koeman. Um, in terms of Brentford fans, you might be uh, interested to look out for a couple of players. One player who we've signed this summer, Tino Livramento, he's an England under-21 right back. We bought him from the Chelsea Academy for five million quid and he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, amazing to think that he's a teenager, so do keep your eye out for him. Um, I think... Uh, you, you'll see a very good young fullback who may well one day make it as an England player. And to be honest, I don't think he'll be at Southampton uh, for too long. He really has been pretty much the only shining light of our, our season so far. We um, had a really good first half of the season last season when it all started tailing off. And I think our form in the calendar year in 2021 is as bad as any other team out there. Um, and we're a bit worried, to be honest. We've just re finished recording our podcast this week and we've been talking about relegation and whether that's going to happen for us this season. So we, we think we're very much in the battle. Um, we're looking at the game against Brentford as one of the ones that we could potentially win and we'll be desperate uh, to win that game. Um, so I think you can expect Saints. We're pretty good at starting games. We come out pretty rapidly. Um, we tend to press high up the pitch and we have a lot of energy in the first halves. Normally what would happen uh, in a game against a, a side of a sort of similar level of us is we'll go out, dominate the first half, maybe score one goal, probably should have scored three or four. And then in the second half, we'll figure out some way of conspiring to throw away the lead or lose the match. Um, so I think, you know, if I was to predict a score for the Saints-Brentford game, I think it's probably going to end up as a score draw. So expect Saints to score early, miss a few absolute sitters, um, and then you'll find the Brentford team will start to grow in confidence. They'll start to figure out the Saints' high press and then eventually get themselves back in the, in the, in the game and probably get an equaliser. So um, that's you know my prediction is going to be 1-1 one, one, uh, for the game. Um, we're really excited to watch watch the, the Brentford uh team playing against us been following your progress coming up uh, the divisions and also been following your your transfer policy and the way you pick up young players that have been rejected elsewhere and then give them a second chance has, has been really really interesting and it's 
great to see a team like Brentford or a club like Brentford um, being smart, I suppose, in the way that they do their recruitment. And that's that's enabled them you know, from the outsider's perspective to reach the heights that you're at at the moment. So um, I'll obviously be hoping for a Saints win. Um, but, you know, my ideal season, I think, would see Saints win this game. But, you know, you guys to stay up and Saints to stay up as well in the season. So, you know, best of luck for the rest of the season. Obviously not for the game against Saints. Um, but, you know, it, it's been a pleasure coming on and sharing my thoughts. And, um, you know, let's see how the rest of the season pans out. Hopefully better for Saints than it's gone so far. So there you go. John Bonchaley. As we, yeah, John Bon Jaley, actually John Bailey, but John Bon Jaley as he calls himself on social media. And check him out from the Saints FC podcast. And Southampton are actually playing as we speak. We're sitting here watching the Brighton versus Wolves game. Uh, but like I said to you, Southampton are playing at the moment. How are they getting on at the moment now? Uh, Palace are beating Southampton 1 0. So uh, the, the Burnley, Burnley Watford game has been called off. Um, so yeah, it's just, it'd be interesting to see Southampton. Um, as you say, we've not played them. We, we played them in the League Cup in the, during that run last year, where we won down at St Mary's. Um, but we've not we've not physically been down there for a while. Um, so I, I, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's, it's another big turnout of bees. You know, again the old in brackets, assuming the game goes ahead. Um, we, it, I think it's a game that we, we do all right in. Um, they, they're, they're a kind of an unpredictable team. You can't, you, you're never quite sure what you're going to get with them. I think we're a bit more consistent than that at the moment. I mean, it looks like we've got returning players. So, you know, I, I think I think we would have done all right against Man United. I think we would have done more than all right. We're a little bit more rested. Um, it's probably helped us, I'd say. You know, we, we realise that this, this, um, this, these few weeks leading up to Christmas, we're going to be crazy, crazy busy. Um, having one game taken out of that is, is not, not going to hurt us. Um, but, um, you know, if, we, if we're raring to go, which we will be um, down at St Mary's, I, th- I, think, I think we're going to do all right, Bill. I mean, we've, we've had the week off, you know, Southampton are playing today, but we've had the week off, which, again, we've gutted about. But we also have to look at it glass half full to say, actually, maybe this actually may, 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 may go in our favour. I mean, looking at what Southampton, their strengths and their weaknesses, they are good at shooting from direct free kicks. Now, we're, we're quite good at giving away free kicks, so we need to watch out for that. But their weaknesses are finishing scoring chances and protecting the lead. They like to attack down the left, they control the game in the opposition's half, and they take long shots is what they do. Uh, Laney. When you actually think about it, I mean, we, we, we played last Friday night. So, you know, they're playing now. Um, it, 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 can't, it can't hurt us, can it, to, to have had that long rest off with COVID and injuries in the camp. So, you know, look, as you said, you know, glass, glass half full and, you know, every cloud's got a silver lining. Yeah, we're gutted that we didn't have Man United down here last night. But on the, on the flip side... It allows a very, very knackered team to get some well-deserved rest. Well-deserved rest. I mean, we talked about you know Southampton's strengths and weaknesses there, GP. I mean, for Brentford, obviously, you know, we've got a number of weaknesses because we've got a lot of players out, but we've also got players coming back. I'm just wondering, who are you looking forward to? Who do you think is going to be coming back, and what do you think the side is going to look like against Southampton on Saturday? Well, I guess the main one we're going to say is that um, Tony will obviously definitely be back um, because you know he's, he's run like a madman since the beginning of the season um, you know maybe a bit of 10 days rest 
well getting back at also rather than throwing him straight back in against Man United gives him another couple of days to just get up to speed get back you know to get back into the mix and get back into that football mentality from going from a resting stroke isolation mentality um, so yeah I mean he, he would be the main one but you know we have got a lot of players coming back you know we've got Canos who's back from uh, suspension as well again where, where would you be putting him well I think Canos you'd, you'd want to put Canos straight back in because what position though no, I would, I would put, I would put Canos um, exactly where he's been, the right wing back. I think he wasn't against, there against Leeds, is what I'm saying. He played a different position. Very true. Um, I don't know. I would, I would, I would put him back where it, where he's played most of the season. Um, that's the way that we'd set up. That's the way that we got some success at the beginning of the season. And as I say, with his, although he's young, he's got a lot of experience. And when you want to go, to, and, you know, it's not going to be an easy game. At Southampton, he's the type of player, the type of player with that experience that you'll want to see in that position. Yeah, I, I'd agree on the on the sort of Matt, the pre-Man United one. I said I, I said that Rosler should keep his place, uh, uh, you know, on the on the on the left left back position, right back. Sorry, right back position. Um, I, I think Canos goes back in in, in 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 that position this time because I think away from home we need we need more attacking um, overlapping I think against Man United we need to probably be a little bit less chancy a bit more defense minded I think I think we go to Southampton looking for a win and we, and we go for it yeah. and, and, and I suppose I'm going to say this as well that we're going to presume that um, Ethan Pinnock's going to be out so we're going to have Jenel stay playing in that left of the, the three centre-backs as well. Um, but just looking into midfield, which means he's not playing in midfield, but looking in midfield, I'm just wondering, because obviously we had um, we, we, we had um, Jensen, you know, we've got, uh, and also Godos, and we've also got um, 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 from Oxford, yeah, um, Baptiste, my brain's gone with the music, I'm just loving it here. Baptiste as well, kind of like, you know, I'm just wondering for you, GP, where would you be going up front? Because Godos, when he came on, it was great, but you know, do we bring him on as a game changer, or do we bring him on for the start? You know, and Baptiste as well scored, you know, scored a goal, and he's, you know, he's looking fabulous. Like you know, what I'm saying as a player, what are you saying? I think I'd be tempted to have Godos on the bench. Um, he's not really done enough on a consistent basis for me to put him in ahead of Baptiste, who I thought looked really good last week, and you know, you see, he's obviously been off for a while, but he's really beginning to get right back into it and hopefully and I think he's someone that needs a run in the team because obviously started the season got sent off so he was suspended came back then got injured and you know you just wanted to get that run in the team I really want that team to gel around him yeah, I'm frustrated with Godos, like a lot of players, but not not a lot of fans. Not, not so much so that I, you know, I've, I've written him off and I don't want him anywhere near. But it's just he, he he has done a lot of good things. You know, obviously he won the penalty that won us the game against Watford. Um, and I, whenever he, and when he started, he's he's not he's not seized his opportunity. So, you know. I don't, I don't like writing players off, and I, I, but I think you, you might have to just say that 
he may never be more than an impact sub for us, and, and that, which is fine, as long as when he does come on, he has an impact. Um, but I, I was hoping that... He, he really had an impact against Watford, though, didn't he? Oh, massively, yeah, yeah, he really did. And there's one or two games, you know, and he came on against uh, Burnley, and, and, and he's got the goal, and, you know, he... he he made a difference then as well. So, but then when he starts, you think, oh, no, he's, he's not. He, he isn't a starter. And I, 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 don't, I say, it's for him to prove everyone wrong. Still, I think he's done enough to to re- remove the shackles of his kind of tag of being a waste waste of money. He's, he's certainly way more than that. But he needs to prove that he can do something in 90 minutes and I'm not sure he's, 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 he's warranted there and I want to say as well also I mean Southampton are a, a, a passing team they're a football playing team as well so they're very different to maybe other teams that we played as well so uh, does Jensen have a place you know because you know there's good Jensen there's bad Jensen but we also found out the other day there's not bad Jensen there's like okay Jensen as well like you know what I'm saying where people say oh he had an okay game like you know what I'm saying <laughs> do you think? Do you think this game might be an okay Jensen to good Jensen game, or maybe you might leave him out of this one? Well, you know, I would, I would hope, I'd hope so with him. Him and Godos are the same. I know you said you want to see him have a good ninety. I want to see him have a good four hundred and fifty. I don't want to come off saying, "Oh yeah, Jensen had a good game today." I want to say Jensen had a good game again. You know that, and that's what you need at this level because you can't at the level we are. If you've got pit players that aren't performing, you get punished. Yeah, and I think this is probably where the DOFs or the, or the DOF, which will be, be first from the turn of the year, that's where we need to improve as a squad. We need we need players in that, those midfield berths that play more than ninety minutes. They play like seven consecutive games, and, and they're they're on it like Yanelt was last season. Um, so you know they're undeniable first names on team sheets. That's how we get better as a squad now at Brentford. We have to move on the players that we, we can't rely on. If we, have, if we are going to stay in this division and then kick on, become a top 10 team, which is probably the next objective if we stay here, um, and I'm not counting my chickens, then we have to have players that we can rely on week in, week out, like, like Norgard, you know, proper best team, you know, best players in, in the Premier League. And if, if the DOF's going to unearth, um, probably slightly more expensive versions and tried and tested versions of the one we've got. That's where we need to move in the next transfer windows. Indeed, and transfer windows, again, like I said, you were holding it down, but as you know, we've talked about this from the beginning of the season, where we are searching on a right-back. We've got a right-back which has been targeted. We're going to not name his name. If you look around, you'll probably find out who exactly it is, but it looks like, that we you know, as we said, we are definitely on that tip, which means that if he does come in, We've got Sergi Canos who's going to move into a position which is probably where he'd prefer to be playing as well, which actually will probably make us a lot stronger because you've got a, a right-back who is a dedicated right-back or a wing-back as well. And the person that we're looking at as well has got some proper skills as well, which will be good. And it'll be interesting to see Sergi moving, moving further up the pitch. But that's for uh, hopefully for January. It's not for now. So just going around the table here quickly, because like I said to you, we need to shoot off and go and get a few more beers and uh, have a chin wag with our other chums who have just turned up. I want to ask you, Laney, give us a score prediction. Uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Brentford. GP? I'm going to go 1-0. I'm going to be a bit pragmatic with my prediction. That's very practical, and I'm going to go 3-1 Brentford. I'm just going quite hardcore on this one because I think we just need... I think it's all pent up. You know, it's all going to be pent up. It'll be interesting to see whether or not 
Cox, the 18-year-old, will be playing in this match as well, or whether or not that was all uh, all rumour. Because there's, yeah, there's a lot of rumours flying around, wasn't there? There's a lot of uh, everyone's got COVID and nothing's going to happen, and you know, there's a lot of that going down. And um, like I said, to you none of it was getting closed down because I think maybe, especially around the Man United game, they probably felt that it was better to have all that rumour out there, so Man United would have a no idea what's going on. Yeah, I, I don't know how anyone's got any inside track on COVID test results for the Brentford players. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, hopefully, as I say, game's on. Hopefully, Brentford fans travel in massive numbers on Saturday. It's to be a game to remember, I hope. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it, getting down there at ooh, about quarter past 11, I think it is, getting a fairly early train down there, meeting characters. We've got a place to meet, you know, which is all good, and uh, meeting some Southampton chums. Might be even meeting the old, the artful Dodger as well, Pete. The Artful Dodger, as in, you know, Craig More David UKG. and the Artful Dodger. Yeah, a bit of my UKG. We get, you can get <laughs> JB down there to, to do a track with him, like, you know what I'm saying? But if you remember, re-rewind uh, the crowd say boat selector. Pete, the producer from the Artful Dodger, big, big Southampton fan, as Craig David, well, he's sort of, well, his mum is actually. Craig David's mum's a big Southampton fan. Craig, not massively into football, to tell you the honest truth. But this is not, this is, listen, each to their own as we can move on. But listen, it's all good. But anyway... This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. We have uh, enjoyed our little session down the pub. We should be doing a few more of these, I can say to you. This is brought to you by Anything Is Possible, AIP.media. Go and check them out. Great, great set of lads and lasses down there as well. Listen, if you like what we do, subscribe to us on all good podcast channels. Also, go to besotted.com forward slash beer if you like to buy us a beer. Thank you to everybody who's bought us a beer so far. Listen, big shout out to you as well for all the beer buying that's gone on. We're going to be having a few of the beers tonight, actually, which is all good. And other than that, like I said to you, podcasts coming thick and fast. But what we're going to have for you, we're going to have a Christmas special. We're going to go and we're going to bring in all our Christmas elves. We're going to have a Christmas special. We might, it might be a one-parter. It might be a two-parter. We'll see. But we're going to make it a nice surprise, a nice Christmas treat for you, as I say. So like I said to you, I'm here in the globe. We've taken really good care of us this evening as well. My name is Billy Grant and I'm here with the GP man. Hey. <laughs> and we're here with the lady man. Jesus, that sounded a bit sinister, didn't it? <laughs> the lady man. Yeah, see you later. <laughs> we have to do that for GP because he's obviously out of practice, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, I'm BG, the pub here, as we would say, because we're going to Southampton, down by the Come South Coast, by the sea, as we say. Come on, you bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.